The following paid program is pre recorded and sponsored by Take Point Wealth Management on the Nature Coast of Florida. A well rounded team leading you into retirement. An hour of simple retirement advice from your friends at Take Point Wealth Management. Saturday mornings, 7 30. Eric Arnett is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors LLC, an SEC registered advisor. Take Point Wealth Management, this station, and RWA are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Any comments regarding Guardian safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by retirement wealth advisors. Well, a little compliance disclosure there about our friends in the studio every Saturday at this time. Take Point Wealth Management up and down the Nature Coast, a local organization to serve you. That's right, Fiduciary Services to lead you and Take Point on your financial future, a stress-free retirement. That's what they're all about. Their phone number is 352-616-0511. The program is called take point on retirement heard every saturday once again at this time in the studio once again part of the well-rounded team of professionals by the way so many people at your disposal through take point wealth management and to lead us off is of course lead advisor retirement planner eric garnett along with randy woodruff certified public accountant and special guest in the studio erica hey good morning good morning everyone What's good up, morning, Mr. Mr. Woodruff? <laughs> you know, I am feeling a, a little bit less stress today. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. because I... But it's tax season. You're supposed to be stressed out. It is tax season, and we did get a reprieve from oh. the IRS. No, you do tell. You didn't. They, oh, yeah, I didn't know right. about that. What's going then on? We got till May the 17th now to get taxes done. So, so. we got another month. Yeah, another month. Wow. You CPAs are really getting over on and this. Yeah, we, we got three months last year. I only get one month this year, uh-huh. but I think that... Regardless of COVID or not, I mean, I've been uh, talking to my clients about this over the last several years, and I've seen it with, with my, my client base is information's getting out later and later to my clients during tax season, whether it be mm-hmm. waiting on K-1s from investments from oil and gas companies or partnerships they're involved in. And a lot of these financial services companies are having to you know get their data together, issuing 1099s later in the year, or they're issuing corrected 1099s. You know, we're seeing more and more of our clients not bring us data until get their yeah. taxes done until end of February, beginning of March. And so we're getting all this information, hundreds and hundreds of tax returns coming in. And basically, within end of February, we'll be getting a March. And so I think, we, I think COVID aside, Congress should extend the filing season out a month or two just to to ease that, that time crunch because everybody is anxious about getting their taxes done on time. And there really isn't enough professionals out there, tax professionals, CPAs, and CPAs prepares to get all the tax returns done on time. That's why there's all, all these extensions filed every year. Mm. It, to me, it just makes sense. Congress, in my opinion, Congress should extend the filing season out till May or June every year and, and give the population, the taxpayers and the preparers time to prepare taxes in an environment where they're not under all this stress and pressure. Yeah. One thing I notice on my end of the spectrum is that a lot of clients are always calling me, hey, you know, I need my stuff. I haven't gotten my information mm-hmm. to bring into my accountant. And what I'm finding is a lot of these companies, your investment firms, banks, all this kind of stuff, they're going to paperless. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) so they're not sending out the paper, but they're Mm -hmm. obviously not notifying or letting folks know that, hey, we're not doing this anymore. You're going to have to log on to your account and download what you need and then bring it to your CPA. And I found that with my clients quite a bit this year, they'd call me up and I said, well, 
you know, remember you went paperless. We first set this up. Here's your email notification. They did tell you that you can go ahead and download it now. And But some folks just can't find it, download it. They're just used to the old way. Hey, I get oh, yeah. it in the mail. I put it in a file. I bring it into my CPA. But now that folks have to go digging for it a little bit themselves more than they did in the past. I like your idea there. I think definitely they should be extending it. That makes a lot of sense to me. Just because if they don't have everything and they file, then they got to do an amendment, right? And then, exactly. and then that costs more money, which I've heard plenty of folks get upset about that. So uh, that would kind of alleviate that situation as well. How about just abolish the IRS altogether? <laughs> and we hear that all the time, for sure. Well, it would be nice if they at least picked up the phone, too, and tried right. to help you out. They're quick to find you when they need money, mm. but if you need something corrected or need them to give you some money back because of the mistakes that they made, forget about it. Yeah, there definitely is no no service in Internal Revenue Service. Right. I say there's no. They're, they have some great folks to work there quite often. The systems that they use there are very, very dated and need a lot of modernization. But uh, back to the point about amended tax returns, we do find that quite quite often too, is people will get their 1099s in the mail and they wind up getting a corrected statement end of February, beginning of March. They go back and amend their return if they filed early. So whether they're used to not getting their statements in on time or they're worried about getting a corrected one, you know, so often people are wanting to wait. Everything comes due all at once. It's just not possible to get it all done. So I think that, in my opinion, Congress should respond to the, the pushing back of deadlines of getting data out to the taxpayer and then correspond with the uh, pushback and the time to file as well. And they're more worried about other things that they can't agree on up there than something that makes common sense. Well, that's what I love about this show. We just we just come on and we start talking. Not even what I prepared today to talk about, but this is great. This now brings another interesting thought to mind. I have a question for you. The IRS is just a massive bureaucracy that's just, yeah, sure, there's great people that work there, but they created this massive behemoth bureaucracy that just doesn't work. It, I guess it works in a sense, but it doesn't move as smoothly as right. we would like it to. And I was talking to a, a gentleman the other day, and we were talking about the same thing all the issues with auditing and if you have a company like this guy has two or three companies he's got to file 16 different returns and like you know his his cpa bill is super high and you know he runs these corporations and whatnot he's a general contractor and uh, he he had mentioned why don't we just go to the flat tax what is your uh, opinion on that just go into a flat tax like uh, do you have any opinion on it it wouldn't work would it increase revenues would it decrease revenues i mean well, how do you feel about that it's a great question and of course, the idea of going to a flat tax, eliminating the IRS, definitely everybody's ears perks up because I think the IRS is probably uh, unfairly villainized because they do collect um, tax re revenue. <laughs> right. no, nobody money. likes to collect their people, and that's understandably so. But And so when you hear a flat tax and getting rid of the IRS, we automatically perk up and go, that's a good idea. We're getting rid of the IRS. Flat tax isn't necessarily a, a bad idea, but there have to be some offsets to it. So for instance, as we've talked in the show before, right now there's seven different tax brackets. And we have what's called called a progressive tax system. Most folks call it oppressive, yeah. but it's, it's called a progressive tax system because as you make more and more income, you progressively pay a higher and higher tax percentage on those higher dollars. Right now, if you're married filing joint, probably the first $20,000 of your taxable income is taxed at 10%. And from 20,000 to 80,000 is taxed at 12%. And then from 80,000 goes up then from to 22%, then 24%, then 32, then 35, then 37. And so by the time you get to, if you're married filing joint around $625,000, at that point, you are now into the 37% bracket and everything you make above that is taxed at a flat rate of 37%. So if you've got some of these Wall Street people, entertainers, you know, sports figures making 30, 40, 50, 100 million dollars a year, 
everything over 625, they're playing a flat 37% on. So if we went to a flat tax, so let's just say 20%. Mm. Well, we have to do some kind of offset because if you got a, if you got somebody making fifty thousand dollars with a family of four, if you went to a flat tax of twenty percent, they're paying ten thousand dollars boom on that money. Well, if you take a look at the married filing joint, all the deductions they get, the standard deduction, everything, they're probably into the most of the income is probably taxed at ten percent and partially at twelve percent. It's called their marginal tax rate, right? Correct. Yeah. You wind up having to have some kind of a tax breaks mm. offset that because so a flat tax unless you did some kind of other adjustments unfairly hurt low-income earners. What I'm hearing you say too is if all of a sudden those millionaires weren't paying that 37 percent they're paying, yes we lose a lot of revenue yes yeah so you had to make it up somewhere right so all right let's just keep it as it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean nobody likes paying taxes and I agree and I don't like paying taxes either so it's always easy to want to fix it and I, I'm not saying that there should be some things in there that are fixed but we have a very complicated society. We have a complicated mm-hmm. legal system. We have a complicated financial system. And you have to have a tax code that's complicated to address all the potentials that come up, all those scenarios and that come into play to be able to properly tax and assess taxes on those incomes or assets. Yeah. So we're a complicated country, whether we like it or not. We talk about topics on this show that are complicated. You can't just put your money in a, in a mason jar or cigar box anymore and plan to live half in retirement like, like you could 200 years ago. You have to educate yourself on things we talk about and the same no. thing is true on taxes here again i'm not trying to say we shouldn't try to modify the tax state tax code to some degree there are definitely opportunities to make some changes but just to go to a, a flat tax i'm not saying i'm not in favor of it or wouldn't consider it but there has to be some other trade-off we have to do some other things what to- about the uh, corporate tax rate obviously i'm a capitalist and i believe in capitalism and i don't think that individuals should be taxed higher than corporations uh, in my opinion we're already paying sales tax and there are all these different taxes and and then all the corporations the stuff that we're buying the goods and services that we're buying they've already incorporated all the pricing into their mm-hmm. you know so we're actually paying their taxes for them the tax rate right now on corporations in america is pretty low right 21 percent that, I mean, that that should go up a little bit. The thing that bothers me is you get these big, like, tech behemoths, Facebook, Amazon, Google, and these guys that own them and all the shareholders, and they're like, they're, they're just printing money every day. They're becoming, like, demigods. I mean, they just have more money than governments do. Billions and billions and billions of dollars. And here's stories like Amazon, intercommerce, internet, they're not even being taxed. And their rates are so low. Like, I, I, I do think if our current government wants to get taxi and they they should look there and maybe increase the corporate tax a little bit i mean these corporate folks listen corporate uh, coffers are full they're chuck full trillions of of dollars sitting in cash Mm. trillions sitting cash each all your big fortune 500 they're billions just sitting there come on it's there's got to be a little bit more fairness i'm not a socialist by any means but there's i think they might have went a little too far in cutting that tax rate, but that's just my opinion. So what happened is up until 2018, when the new tax act got passed, the corporate tax rate was 35%. Right. And dropped it down to, down to 21%. What happened when that tax rate decreased, you saw a lot of these multinational corporations, I'll say, bring their money or repatriate mm-hmm. that money back here into the U.S., pay that corporate tax rate here in the U.S. So we want to be careful that we don't have the rate too high there are other countries around the world that have a lower tax rate than we so have we still got to stay competitive and so we got to stay competitive or they're going to have operations in those other countries right. that they can shift 
I'll yeah. say services to and pay a lower tax rate. So yeah, and that's why probably stocks have been doing so good the last couple of years, just rolling, rolling. So uh, next segment, I want to really get into how we're going to build a strong foundation for your retirement future. We're going to discuss three financial rules that every pre-retiree and retiree should know and put into active practice. We're going to also talk about orphan 401ks and how we're going to help people who have recently taken an early retirement due to COVID-19 pandemic. So if you got an orphan 401k out there in Tampa and Brooksville and Spring Hill and the villages, and uh, let's uh, come back and listen to us. We want to talk a little bit about that. Very good. I agree with everything you just said, of course. Take Point Wealth Management, the guys with the answers, are in the studio every Saturday. It's called Take Point on Retirement, folks. We'll be back after a short break from our sponsor, folks. Eric Arnett is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC registered advisor. Take Point Wealth Management, this station and RWA are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by Retirement Wealth Advisors. And we've got those wealth advisors in the studio once again. Whole hour of the information, education you need and deserve through Take Point Wealth Management along the Nature Coast. Offices up and down the Nature Coast within the Tampa Bay area. They're here to assist you into a stress-free retirement. Last segment, we, of course, talked about taxes. We talked about American business. I truly agree that American business and American money needs to stay on American soil. More from lead advisor, retirement planner, Eric Arnett and certified public accountant randy woodruff thank you sir support your local business owners hit one of those local restaurants or go out and buy yourself a new grill at one of these little hardware stores or something mm-hmm. like that It'll really help out the local guys what's interesting is that right when the pandemic hit we saw credit card balances going up in america and when the stimulus and packages started coming out all that credit went away and so people are in less debt they've got more savings and then we haven't seen that in a long time mm. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm not sure I trust that data. It's hard uh, to believe. The Reagan yeah, years, yeah, like, yeah. I'm kidding. I believe data is data. I don't know who. Yeah. I don't know who puts it together, but I I, I look at it. <laughs> but uh, one of the things that we have noticed, and even prior to COVID, is folks retiring early. I got an interesting article here from AARP. Over millions of people being forced in uh, into early retirement. I thought that was interesting. I had I had kind of suspected that that maybe this was going mm-hmm. on. Just talking to folks, people uh, put on sabbatical or whatever you may call it during COVID, and they just decided, well, I'm just not going to go back. And, and or the companies decide, well, you know, you're getting close to retirement. We don't need you to come back. Yeah. <laughs> so we're cutting back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that going on. But I thought this was interesting. In one year, the pandemic forced millions of workers to retire early. This is a an AARP article that came out March 10th. From flight attendants to grocery store managers, older adults made the tough decision to end their careers. Can, can I comment real quick? You, well, that, you know what, Randy? <laughs> Randy's a, a member of that organization <laughs> this now. Is, this yeah, I am. I just, I just oh, got you're an AARP guy now, I, I just got my ah, AARP application yeah. membership. Well, congratulations. So. Now you I got, got something to go with that gray too, hair. So I want your, uh, <laughs> got something to go with that gray hair now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, go ahead. It's your show, too. You're allowed to comment, buddy. Oh, good. I, when I seen this article, here again, we're kind of insulated here mm-hmm. from because we've had mm-hmm. an open economy here, so we really don't realize how bad it is around the country. Yeah, you know? I know. And so when I read this article, it, it was, I knew it was happening, but just to your, I didn't realize yeah. to the extent that it was happening. And so yeah. 
one, I'm thankful that we live in a state that we have been open. We have been able to get out and we our, our, our businesses are open. We've had very few, and my client base had very few businesses go under. But I know other people around the, around the, in the country haven't been as lucky as we are. So, And we do. We get kind of in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. The only way that I kind of stay in touch with it every once in a while is like through a friend of a friend. I'll be talking to somebody. A lot of people from around here are from up New York and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so... They always tell me like, oh yeah, my cousin up in New York. I mean, they're devastated. You know, no one's going to work. The city shut down. Uh, they haven't got a paycheck, and we don't relate necessarily to that. We're like almost in our own little world down mm-hmm. here. I give praise and thanks to our awesome leadership in the state of Florida. Keep it going. Just please, you're doing an awesome job. We we really appreciate what you're doing, particularly our governor. I think he's done a great job. Whether you're a Republican, Democrat, Independent, whatever mm-hmm. you are, just look at the statistics and the data. And I love this guy, former military guy, yeah. leadership skills, great, great, just a great leader. Be interesting to see. I was talking about this with a gal yesterday. She said, do you think Governor DeSantis will run for president? Yeah. It seems to be that he's getting some of that momentum going, and he just might. She's like, well, that would really stink because we lose him as a governor. He's done such a great job. And I, and I said, I know. I don't want to lose him either as a governor. I wish he, I wish he could stay forever, but time moves on. And eight it, years know, is all they get. Yeah, yeah eight yeah, years is all they get. So. Yeah. No, he's a young guy. Um, I see great future, and I would love to have some of his leadership at the federal level in Washington. But at the same time, I'd love to be able to get somebody in Florida that also kind of picks up his ways and principles. And But we'll see. You know, yeah. Who knows? I mean, but, um, a lot of people are moving down here because oh, of that. And oh, yeah. Just as a matter of fact... Welcome to you transplants. Welcome to Florida. Yeah. I know a good wealth advisor. Who's that? If you need one, that's Eric Arnett. Yeah. At Take Point Wealth Management. Well, thank you, sir. What is great and how we are insulated is our business of helping retirees also providing their tax solutions and one-stop shop for all financial needs, whether it's life insurance, retirement planning, tax preparation, whatever it may be. There's a ton of people moving to this area and our business just keeps growing and growing and we're very blessed. And we appreciate that, and we thank everybody out there. But, yeah, tell your friends about us. You know, we've been here for a long time, and we, we're going to be here for a long time. And Randy and I get on the phone every night, download the day. We get juiced up like goosebumps. We talk about the things that we've done and the people we've yeah. talked to and how we've helped folks, and it's exciting. We're really blessed. It gets you up in the morning. That's what yeah, uh, you're passionate about. No, 100%. And you can tell, yeah. 100%. But getting back to millions of folks that are retiring early or have been forced to retire, they're probably going to mosey on down this way. Uh, cost of living is a little bit less expensive. Taxes are less expensive, so things are attractive. But retirement is supposed to be a happy time. In this article I read, this one lady had to put in her paperwork. She was 62. She had to leave early. She was a flight attendant for 36 years. Was not planning on retiring and, and all of a sudden found herself in that retirement picture. So she could have easily done it till 70, she said, and she wished she could have and then COVID hit and kind of forced her out. So a lot, and a lot of her friends had already retired from the airlines, but she was going to continue to work till she was 70 in great shape and everything. But this is a great example as all of a sudden, boom, you're hit with, I'm, I'm retired now. I have this orphaned 401k with American Airlines. I have no financial advisor. Like, who am I going to go to and turn to? So if you're out there listening, there really is no advantage to keeping your 401k at your current corporation or for former corporation. In fact, we come across people that might have two or three orphan 401ks that just have moved on from different companies and they leave them there. So there's really no advantage to that at all. You're better off taking that 401k and rolling it into your own 
IRA that mm -hmm. you actually own. You don't technically really own your 401k. It's a corporate plan. So go ahead and roll that out, uh, get ownership, and then you're allowed to do whatever you want with that. You, you know, you don't have to just pick from their mutual fund lineup. And also you're really not getting a lot of help there anyways. Mm -hmm. You probably just have talked to a person on the phone and they said, oh yeah, you're five years from retirement, da da da, pick this portfolio. I hate to tell you folks, but Reti good retirement planning goes a little bit further than that. <laughs> we've got to talk about when to take Social Security. We've got to talk about pensions. You know, we've got to talk about um, inflation, yeah. long-term retirement goals, healthcare, Medicare, so housing, utilities, all your retirement kind of budget. Yeah, talk about what budget, your budget yeah. going to be in retirement because yeah. most folks aren't really thinking about you know what their budget going to look like, especially if they retired early. I've had some business clients over the years that wanted to retire early at 60, 61, but they couldn't because healthcare insurance is going to be so expensive. So they had to continue working, basically continue working to continue to subsidize the health insurance costs. So for someone that all of a sudden finds themselves forced into retirement because of the pandemic and based on what they've done for most of their life, what they've done and there isn't a demand for right now, it's it's a big shock. We're not getting any younger. No. No. It, here's another key statistic, I mean, a sobering fact, I guess, in this AARP article is that over 2 million older workers that m might have been seeking work just said, you know what, we're just going to stop looking. So you got 2 million folks that have stopped looking, and then you had a million that were forced it. So that's like 3 million uh, retirees right there instantaneously because of the pandemic. We got migrants coming across the border to solve that problem. We're going to be fine, Eric. Yeah, they're <laughs> highly skilled. Yeah. Highly skilled and highly educated. That's going to help out. The number of people affected by this problem is beginning to come into focus in a, in a, in a reversal of previous recessions when they were protected by their longevity. Longevity, you know, older Americans are more likely than mid-career workers to be out of work this time. So according to the Center of Retirement Research at Boston College, more than a quarter of all workers say COVID has prompted them to prompted them to move up their retirement date. Interesting. Nearly two million older workers have left their labor force for good since the start of the pandemic. So two million labor force. So it's a big number. Maybe that's what you know, Mr. Joe up in Washington is uh, looking at. Let me let eight million illegals in and we'll cover those two million skilled workers that are coming back i'm sorry that's that's bad to say hey, as long as it's legal resist. i'm good with it you know oh my god we're we're a country of immigrants like right, right? Yeah. but let's do it the right way yeah. you yeah. know it's like let's do it the right way it's just crazy open open borders i don't get it mm. i really don't you know a documented work program would be awesome mm -hmm. you know hey we do yeah we need your we need laborers bring them on but do it the right way don't mm. Just let them flood across the border illegally and, and then also uh, support uh, ch uh, child and um, uh, what do they call it? S you know, smuggling, human, human, human trafficking. trafficking. Yeah. You're, like, you're supporting all the cartels are making millions of dollars right now smuggling folks in. This yeah. is crazy stuff. It's not necessary. You know, it's just absolutely crazy. So job losses have hurt some groups more than others too. lower income, older workers are the most affected so think about that people in higher paid tracks have kept their jobs at the same time the folks at the bottom are involuntarily losing their jobs says dan dunan executive director of national institute of retirement society so obviously what's happening there is the older workers and the lower income like restaurants and stuff that might be tied to labor and growth up north stuff like they're they're not being asked to come back to work so that's a lot of folks out there one of the challenges too that I'll speak about this from my profession. 
I like to hire older people to work at, at my accounting firm, you know, because they have a lot of experiences in life. They're they responsible, uh, responsible, yeah. understand money. So um, for all of us uh, as a society, I think the loss of these older workers that have the experience that that mm-hmm. are provide leadership in these businesses for to the younger people, the loss of these people that don't want to come back or just take early retirement is going to have an impact as we come out of this pandemic and try to grow again. There's going to be some, I think, lack of leadership for a while because um, I've got some people in my firm that if I if I lost them, I would, you know, all of a sudden, you know, it would, it would cause an interruption in service. And mm-hmm. it, would, it would be be difficult to just go out and, and bring in somebody immediately. So those years of experiences that people have when they're older are invaluable. Another, uh, in this article here that we're reading, the AAR, AARP article, there was a dentist, she was like 62 and she was forced into retirement because no one was going to the dentist mm-hmm. for the last year or so. I mean, think it's about true. that. And barbershop. I mean, people but, weren't getting their haircuts. It was they were shut down. Yeah, barbershop. so like the service you, industry basically. Yeah, if you yeah. Ha- if you think if you had if you're a dentist and you have a staff of like four or five people in office, oh, yeah. and at the same time they raised this lady's medical malpractice insurance and raised her all her equipment taxes oh, right. and intangible yeah. taxes and all. So all her costs go up, but at the same time she has no clients coming in mm-hmm. so this dentist at 62 she was forced into retirement early um, so it's just been sobering even in good times most retirements are involuntary when you ask people if they retired at the age they thought they would most people say no they retired earlier the moral of the story here folks is that whether you're in a situation that's planned or unplanned you potentially have that forfend 401k there that's just passive and and not being actively managed not being looked at there's no plan there at all jw what's your famous quote there Failure to what? A failure to plan is a plan is a plan to fail. And that's why we brought Randy Woodruff. Thank on. you for the backup. <laughs> Sorry for the backup. J-W, I love that. You missed your cue. You caught me off guard. I you missed your cue, man. I, I know, couldn't wait I to know. say that because I love. I love. <laughs> I've used that with a couple clients before. I could tell already. Yeah, we're we're beating that one like a dead. Yeah, we are. But it's a good one. It well, is back a, to the orphan 401k you mentioned earlier, Eric, and, and you were you were commenting is that so often if someone le- whether they're currently working there or they leave their job, the advice they get is basically that you, you get a selection of mutual funds to pick from. That's all the advice you really get. Yeah. And there's no really no options or no choices. So uh, roll those 401ks that you're that are the places you formerly worked at out into your own IRA mm-hmm. and work with a financial advisor that has a lot of options beyond just a few mutual funds to pick from. You can be much better off in the long term. And, and, and work with an independent advisor. I'm not saying work with me. I'd love to have you work with me, but an independent advisor, I really feel, is, is going to serve you best because they truly are independent. They don't work for one single corporation. They don't exactly. have any investments to push on you, any axe to grind. And guess what? An independent really, truly cares, folks. They're fiduciaries. And because if your account goes up, their business valuation go up, right? Mm-hmm. So they're mutually aligned. Your money's their money. Like They want it to go up as well. If you're working with somebody at a big corporation or whatever, you're probably on like your 16th advisor and they're on to some other company for a bigger salary or higher commissions or whatever. So you're just in that vicious cycle. Get out of that. Get comfortable. I know it's scary. Like you're used to that comfort. Change is tough. I hear this a lot. Like, well, I just feel comfortable with the little HR representative there at the company and financial advisors are scary. We're not really that scary. So not just come all. get to know us. And we truly like are passionate about helping you and we want to grow your retirement.
retirement. We want to make sure you have a successful retirement and make the best possible one. It helps us as well. We grow our business that way. They treat them like they treat their own family. You deserve that personal attention. That's why you need to reach Take Point Wealth Management today. That phone number, I know you were waiting on it. It's 352-616-0511. We talked about the AARP article. You can find that at aarp.org aarp.org and that was a march 10th article we got some rules to talk about coming up next like four percent 72 100 you don't know what i'm talking about hang on you'll find out next with corporate bonds trading at a go forward price to earnings ratio of 135 versus u.s stocks trading at a pe ratio of 22 it might be a good idea to talk to my friends at take point wealth management to develop a plan to replace those bonds in your portfolio with safer insurance products that can pay you market-like gains without the stock market risk visit takepointwealth.com takepoint wealth a local nature coast wealth management advisor take point wealth management is an investment advisor representative of retirement wealth advisors incorporated an sec registered advisor for an hour of simple retirement advice from your friends at Take Point Wealth Management, Saturday mornings, 7.30. And we're smack dab in the middle of that program. Got about 30 minutes left to go in Take Point on Retirement, brought to you by Take Point Wealth Management. An hour-long program every Saturday at this time from your friends and mine at Take Point Wealth Management. Their phone number, once again, 352-616-0511. That's 352-616-0511. If you have liked what you heard so far, hang on. We got even more stuff coming your way. Let's take a pause for station identification. You're listening to 99.9 FM WXJB Homosassa. And if you do want to find out more about any of this we talk about you need to reach out to take point wealth management eric arnett randy woodruff special guest in the studio erica right, let's talk about some serious retirement rules and i really like these rules and we're going to go back to my buddy ford stokes book annuity 360 uh, it's a great retirement tool as well folks it's not just all about annuities although i think annuities are great and important you really need to study them uh, we've had an overwhelming response with these books, so um, we don't have a whole lot left. So please call us, go to our website, email us, whatever you got to do, get a hold of us. We'll get you a copy of that book. You got to have it. I think it's great. It's free. It's a free book for you. And we even pay the postage. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, people, should be, people should be getting their hands on this kind of information because, oh, yeah. you know, like we are pre preaching active management with portfolios on this mm -hmm. show for a long time. We need our clients to be active too. Yeah, they've got to be educated. actively learning yeah. and actively engaging with us. So that's the if, best client. If you, if you if you owe it to yourself to to get educated, we don't live your life every day. So yeah. we need you to at least at least bring questions up to us that we can help you answer and give you guides and advice. But you have to educate yourself to so you even know what questions to ask and, and engage us in certain things. So retirement warriors. Yeah, absolutely yeah, retirement warriors. The 4% rule, this is really important. Just a little background. The 4% rule was developed by a financial planner William Bengen in 1994. Uh, through his research, Bengen found that people could withdraw 4% of their investments in the first year of retirement and then withdraw the same amount adjusted for inflation, adjusted for inflation. Keep that in mind for at least 30 years without exhausting their portfolio. 4% rule, I like it. If you're going much more than 4%, depends on how long you live, but you're starting to kind of go into the danger zone when you fact, because you got inflation, folks. I mean, that's that's huge, 3%, 4% a year. And so, you want to be conservative in retirement, too. So this is a good, that 4% is a good conservative Do you number. like the 4% rule? I do like the 4% rule. Okay. I just wanted to make sure we were in agreement there. We're in agreement. All right, we're thank you. 4%. Here you go, folks. 
This is chapter seven out of the book Annuity. Three, six, the 4% rule. Big idea. Withdrawing 4% or less annually from your portfolio will ensure that you will not draw down your account too quickly and that your income lasts for your entire retirement. What is it? The 4% rule is a rule of thumb used by investors to determine how much retirees should withdraw from their retirement account each year. This rule should ideally help provide a steady income stream for the retiree while also maintaining an account balance that keeps their income flowing throughout retirement. By withdrawing only 4% from your account, Many financial professionals believe this will help your wealth last through your retirement and that you will be able to live comfortably with this withdrawal rate. This rule helps financial planners and retirees set the withdrawal rate for their portfolios. Life expectancy also plays an important role in this process by determining if the selected rate will be sustainable. Retirees that live longer will need portfolios to last longer and medical costs and other expenses could increase as retirees age. Where did this rule come from? The 4% rule was created using historical data on stock and bond returns over a 50-year period from 1926 to 1976. Before the early 1990s, experts generally considered 5% to be the safe amount for retirees to withdraw from their portfolio each year. In 1994, William Bengen, a financial advisor, conducted a study of historical returns. He focused heavily on the severe market downturns in the 1930s and the 1970s. Bengen concluded that even during those markets, there was no historical basis that a withdrawal rate based on the 4% rule would exhaust a retirement portfolio in less than 33 years. What about inflation? Some retirees will choose to stick to the 4% rule all the time and never adjust for inflation. However, the rule allows retirees to increase the withdrawal rate to keep up with inflation. There are two options to do this. The first option provides steady and predictable increase, while the second option will more effectively match your income to cost of living changes. Option one, setting a flat annual increase of 2%, which is the Federal Reserve's target inflation rate. Option two, adjusting withdrawals based on actual inflation rate. The first option provides steady and predictable increase, while the second option will more effectively match your income to cost of living changes. Two scenarios where you should avoid using the 4% rule. Scenario one, a severe or protracted market downturn can erode the value of a high-risk investment vehicle much faster than it can in a typical retirement portfolio. Be cognizant of the health of the market and talk with a professional if you have any questions or want to make changes to your portfolio. Scenario two, the 4% rule does not work unless you commit to it year in and year out. Violating the rule for one year to splurge on major purchases can have severe consequences down the road. It will reduce the principle which directly impacts the compound interest that the retiree depends on for sustainability. And I love that option word there because we all want options. Absolutely. One thing that Ford doesn't touch on there that's really important is the first five years mm-hmm. of your retirement is the most important to get it right. If you don't have the withdrawals set up pr- properly and or you get some fluctuations in your portfolio or market correction in the first five years, uh, that can be extremely detrimental to you, your plan long-term. It's really important. The other rule is rule 72, simple way to determine how long an investment will take to double. 
So I talk about this all the time in my practice. People always ask, well, Eric, what kind of returns can you get for me? And I say, well, it's not necessarily up to me, but you know what you should expect, you should expect to at least double your money in every 10 years. And what rule 72 is, you just simply take the average rate of return that you're getting, you're gonna divide 72 by the, the annual rate of return. So investors obtain a rough estimate of how many years it will take to uh, double their, their initial investment. The rule 72 is a great way to better understand how quickly your hard earned wealth will double. As an example, last year, uh, our moderate portfolios grew about 14.28%. If you were able to achieve that type of annual rate of return over several years, you would double your money in 5.04 years. Impressive. It's important to have your money actively working. So question, how long has it taken you or retirement worries out there to double your money? When you have experienced a significant life event like changing jobs or even from the date you retired or some of you or some of you listening right now, you may have experienced some type of significant life event. If you think it has taken longer than seven years to double your retirement principal, then I invite you to call our office. 352-616-0511 and or, and or send me an email at eric at takepointwealth.com or visit my website takepointwealth.com. If you have not at least doubled your money in the last seven years, probably there's something going on that we need to take a close look at. After raid out of Annuity 360. Rule of 72. Big idea. Knowing how long it will take your investments to double is a good planning tool. This will help you track your investments and calculate future earnings. What is it? The rule is a simple way for you to calculate how long your investments will take to double with a fixed annual rate of interest. If you divide 72 by the annual rate of return, you can get an estimate of how many years it will take for the initial investment to duplicate. The rule of 72 is relatively accurate when it comes to low rates of return but becomes less accurate as rates of return increase. Example, an investment of $1. Annual fixed interest rate equals 10%. 72 divided by 10 equals 7.2. An investment of $10 with an annual fixed interest rate of 10% would approximately take 7.2 years to grow to $20. Rule of 72 adjustment. The most realistic simulation for the rule of 72 is an 8% interest rate. However, you can make a small adjustment to the rule in order to make the calculation even more accurate. For every three points that an interest rate strays from 8%, you either add or subtract 1 from 72. The adjustment is not necessary, but some people prefer to make this adjustment because the time frame of this version of the rule is more accurate. Example 1. If your rate is 5%, you would just adjust the rule to be the rule of 71. This is because 5% is three points lower than 8%, which means you subtract one from 72. Example two, if your rate is 11%, you would adjust the rule to be the rule of 73. This is because 11% is three points higher than 8%, which means you would add one to 72. Other ways to use the rule of 72. Things with compounded rates. You don't have to use the rule of 72 just for invested or loan money. It can be used for anything that grows at a compounded rate, such as population, macroeconomic numbers, charges, or loans. Example, the gross domestic product, GDP, grows at 4% annually. You could expect the economy to double in 18 years because 72 divided by 4 equals 18. Estimating the effects of investment fees. The rule of 72 can also be used to estimate the long-term effects of fees that eat into your investment. Example 1. A mutual fund charges 6% in annual expense fees. It will reduce your investment principal by half in about 12 years because 72 divided by 6 equals 12. Example 2. A borrower pays 8% interest on a credit card. They will double the amount they owe in nine years because 72 divided by 8 
equals 9. Estimating the effects of inflation. The rule can also be used to find out how long it will take for your money's value to have due to inflation. Example, inflation is at 4%. The purchasing power of your money will have in 18 years because 72 divided by 4 equals 18. Accounting 101, you know, keeping it real, keeping it really simple. Yeah, just the simple, simple rules to Mm -hmm. live by and to make sure, you know, what you're doing or what you've been doing is at least on pace. Let's keep a finger on the pulse. Got to be moving forward. Uh, Inflation's pretty high, folks. I mean, think about this. The, The core CPI number that our government puts out you know, it's it's minus food and fuel, for one thing. Hmm. So you think of all the things that are tied to that. Food, fuel, cost, a lot of things are getting much, much more expensive. Well, housing, your insurances, your property taxes, I mean, all that stuff just keeps going up. So I was talking to some folks the other day, and they were fearful of doing anything, you know. And I'm like, well, if your money's just sitting there in the bank under the mattress, then you're definitely destined for failure. Mm-hmm. Or you can apply some of these principles, and I, I promise you will be successful. Uh, we had an overwhelming response. A lot of people wanted us to play this chapter again. Uh, it was chapter six. It was the rule of 100. And I think this is the, one of the most important ones to get right. Because mm-hmm. a lot of folks were asking questions about that. And then we'll go right into break after this, folks, and we'll be back after this. The rule of 100. Big idea. You want to risk less as you get older because you have less time to make up any big losses. As you get closer to your golden years, many financial professionals advise gradually reducing your risk. Retirees and pre-retirees don't have the luxury of waiting for the market to bounce back after a dip. The dilemma is figuring out how safe you should be in certain stages of your life. For years, a commonly cited rule of thumb has helped simplify asset allocation. This rule states that individuals should hold a percentage of their stocks that is equal to 100 minus your age. For example, a 60-year-old would have 40% of their holdings in stocks and 60% in fixed income products like bonds or fixed indexed annuity. Why you should follow the rule of 100. Take our current example of a 60-year-old. At age 40, your risk capacity is higher. You have more time to rebuild your wealth should you experience a dip in the market. However, at age 60, you can't afford to risk as much of your portfolio in the market because the time horizon to rebuild your wealth is much shorter. Rule of 120? Many financial advisors now advocate the rule of 120 so they can get a significant rate of return for their clients and maintain management of the portfolio. I disagree. With today's market volatility, a retiree does not want to go back to work in a job making less than what they made before. They must consider following the rule of 100 or at least a 50-50 smart financial plan that is built equally with smart risk and smart safe investments. And you're listening to Take Point on Retirement, brought to you by Take Point Wealth Management. Just another chapter out of that wonderful book that you need to get in your hands for free if you contact Take Point Wealth Management. It's called Annuity 360, and we'll hear a little more from that later on. But in the meantime, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsor, Take Point Wealth Management, folks. We'll be back right after this. Eric Arnett is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered advisor. 
Take Point Wealth Management, this station and RWA are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by Retirement Wealth Advisor. I just sat down with a gentleman yesterday who was a radio show listener, mm-hmm. by the way, and we started this process. He he actually listened to the show maybe a month or so ago, came in, and uh, we had a couple of appointments, did some planning, and now we're past that initial planning stage and we're talking about the Roth conversion strategy by slowly migrating his 401k Mm -hmm. money over into his own Roth because he sees the potential for much higher tax rates on his retirement funds in the future. The nice thing about the Roth is once you get it in there, you don't have to take requirement and distributions. You have so much more flexibility unless unless the government changes the rules, which they could do. Mm-hmm. The Roth IRA is a, one of the best defenses against those high tax rates. Even if you're 60 years old, you have 10 years until you're 70, 12 mm-hmm. years until you're 72 to do this Roth conversion. And once you're all your money's in Roth, they can raise the tax rates to 60%. It's not going to matter to you because 60% is zero, zero. Your tax rate is right. going to be zero on your retirement income. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to take requirement minimum distributions with Ross. So it's going to give you that, that flexibility and freedom. There's some benefits to passing that wealth on to your, tri- your children or your beneficiaries as well. So got to get in with us and do that Roth conversion ladder and that Roth conversion strategy. We'll show you right on the screens how much money is going to save you long term. So I think it's so important, particularly with this current administration and, and the bill that they're going to be running up for us to pay. Yeah, that's why I bring it up. It's so important for those that are so close to retirement. And you You've got that accumulation of wealth that you've built up through the company through your 401k. And with the warnings that are coming out in the information that Eric Arnett, lead advisor with Take Point Wealth Management, is sharing with us is protect that. The taxes are going to increase. It's going to happen. Heed these warnings. And we're here to tell you about them. Of course, Eric, he knows what he's doing. So he's been in the business a number of years. And we trust Take Point Wealth Management with our own financial future. That's right. The JW family does go to take point. You should too. 352-616-0511. Eric, we're going to take a quick break and be right back. You've got more information to share about that and more. And his special guest in the studio, Erica. It's all right here on this program, Take Point on Retirement, every Saturday, 730 to 830. we back after this, folks. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams that refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by retirement wealth advisors. Take Point Wealth does not provide accounting, tax, or legal advice. Investors should be aware that a determination of the tax consequences to them should take into account their specific circumstances and that the tax law is subject to change in the future or retroactively. Investors are strongly urged to consult with their own tax advisor regarding any potential strategy, investment, or transaction. The information education you deserve through Take Point Wealth Management at Take Point on Retirement, the name of the show. I'm going to turn it back over to Eric Arnett, who has so much more to share with you. Longevity, health, how important that is to have that in order to live a happy, healthy retirement. So now I'm going to flip that. What if you are super healthy and in great shape? but you don't have the ideal retirement plan and you haven't saved enough money, <laughs> you're going to be stressed out because you don't have enough money to get you through retirement because you might live to be 95 because you are so healthy. So the number one thing, I, I wrote a book about it and I called it, What is Your Financial Speed? I have an article I wrote with Fortune Magazine, What is Your Financial Speed? I'd love to get it out to you folks. You can go on my website, takepointwealthmanagement.com. Up in the right-hand co- corner, you'll see financial workbook button or even set an appointment button. Just click on those buttons and 
you can share your information with me and notify me that you, you know, have these questions or concerns or want to get the book or the article. I have some great white papers on that kind of stuff. So what is your financial speed? What it means is what type of returns do you need to be getting in retirement? How is your portfolio allocated and what kind of returns is it averaging over the long term? But most important, what is your withdrawal rate going to be? What percentage of your portfolio are you going to be withdrawing? There's so many factors there that are crucial. And the, what's the number one concern, folks? Not running out of money in retirement. It's ideal. It's so important to figure out, number one, what your budget's going to be, you know, how much you're spending, right? We always talk about that. The amount of money you spend in retirement is a crucial factor in determining the type of lifestyle you're going to live. But it's also important for ensuring you don't run out of money. How much can you comfortably take out of your accounts each year is unique to you. Each listener out there is very unique. We talk about the 4% rule as a kind of a blanket rule, but that's a blanket rule across the board. It may be different for everybody depending on how your portfolio is set up and then also how much you're taking out. So the number one thing is what are your expenses? How much will your financial needs differ in retirement from the ones you had while you're working? Lower expenses are going to lead to smaller withdrawal rates and higher expenses to a bigger one. Don't underestimate your expenses. It's kind of crazy to me, but it's not. I guess I don't want to beat people up, but I'll sit down with a couple that's 60, 65, and I'll say, okay, what's your budget? What are your expenses? And they just look at each other and like, uh, we have no idea. We've just kind of been making money, blindly yeah. spending. This is probably about 98% of the folks that I sit down with. So that's why I always harp on it in this show, and I'm trying to get through to people. Is like, this is the most important thing is your, to your fiscal health, right? A goal is a wish without a plan Right. in all aspects of life. You right. have to have a plan to yeah. implement a goal. You yeah. need a blueprint yeah. to get there. And the number we one. We won't make it without it. The number one. Amen. The number one, the first thing we're going to talk about when you come down and sit, sit down with us is what are your expenses? What are your expense goals? What are you doing in retirement? What does retirement look like to you? Just really broad things. Uh, are you traveling? Are you gardening? Are you fishing? Are you boating? You're going to buy that RV. I just had a couple in the other day. They just they bought their dream RV right. and they're going to travel around in their RV and they're happy as heck. And I think that's awesome. And we've been able to work with them throughout the years to achieve that goal. And that's so exciting to us um, as a team. They're on point. Like, they know exactly what they're spending. They know exactly what their expenses are. And then we can even plan ahead for what potential expenses or increases are coming, like inflation. It's very important, folks, that you're planning for inflation because guess what? All this spending that's going on with Uncle Sam right now, if you've noticed, little increase in interest rates lately. Interest rates are going to keep going up. Little increases everywhere. Yeah, silent yeah. killers. Little increases everywhere. Interest rates are going up. Inflation is increasing. And that gets into a whole other thing about portfolio construction. How do you combat that? We can talk about that later. And don't underestimate your expenses. Let's even be able, be able to put a little buffer in. Like we talk to folks and say, okay, yeah, let's put a $10,000 a year travel budget in there. We put that in and make sure that's in the plan. So if the rate of withdrawal that you've calculated is too high, it could lead you to running out of money and you should work toward eliminating unnecessary expenses before you retire. So that's the number one thing is Erica and I are, I'm not going to tell her her age, but she's younger than me. Yeah, I'm a lot younger than And I just hit 50. So, <laughs> but we talk about it all the time, like uh -huh. weekly, what our budget, but yes. you know, what are we saving this week? What are we doing? You know, uh -huh. we're always talking about it. I like that. It, it yeah. takes the stress out of guessing for me. Well, I don't have to guess what the future is going to look like. I know what our future is going to look like. We work on it all the time. And uh -huh. I think that more couples need to be 
open to have those conversations, yeah, they suck sometimes. It's not fun to talk about that yeah. stuff sometimes. But you know what? It's necessary. You need to be on the same page. Yeah, and most people don't want to talk. Like if you have had a spouse, a long-term spouse, folks that I work with them, long-term spouses, like, well, we don't like to talk about that stuff because we just get in an argument. Mm-hmm. I understand because I've been there in previous uh, relationships, uh-huh. let's say. My parents, I saw them fight over finances all the time. My grandparents, 99% of all families and couples have this issue. Yep. And that's why it's so important. You have to just bring down the argument level, the level of stress a little bit and talk about it. We actually talk about what our goals and what we're going to be doing in our retirement, like what are our plans? And we, we, we say, well, we, and we both love to fish. We love to be out on the water. We love to go camping. We love to travel. So that's part of our budget. And so we're saving. We have a a special account that we're saving for travel. Erica and I are a perfect example. We love to go out to eat and entertain, all that kind of stuff. And and actually, I mean, I guess kind of COVID kind of almost forced us into that a little bit. Well, eating better too. Yeah, we're eating better. It's a combination of things, but it is a combination of things. But we we're saving more because we said, you know what? I turned fifty and a lot of light bulbs went off for me. I'm like, I might be Mm. 10, 15 years from retirement myself. Number one, I got to get healthier, but I also got to get fiscally more responsible about where I'm spending my money and save more. Because the more I save, the more comfort I'm going to have, you know, in knowing that I'm going to be able to get to and through retirement. And also, if something should happen to me, I want to leave my wife enough money to to live comfortably, right? So we've got to be thinking about our spouses and but just have that conversation, start talking about your expenses, get that budget in, in line. I just worked with a younger couple, they're like 45 years old, been married for quite a while and and came into some money. And, but they also, um, they, they never talked about budget or, or, or what they were spending. Oh, I don't know, I got money going here, money going there. So let's get control of that spending first. That's the most important thing, right? And then what is your rate of, ter- rate of return on your portfolio? You could have a high rate of spending, but your portfolio is allocated to a low average return. That's not going to work. So how much you earn each year on your investments will play a big role in how much you can spend, right? So if your accounts earn 10% each year on average, and you're taking out 4%, then you will be growing at a rate about 6% a year, right? So that's great. You're still going to be able to grow, but that's if you're allocated to average 10%. In this scenario, you can probably afford a higher rate of return than if your accounts are only earning 5% on average. Some people just have a low risk tolerance. They might have not have enough in stock. They might have too much in bonds. Or I know a lot of people just have money sitting around in cash because they're afraid to do something. That money's just sitting there rotting. So the asset allocation model that drives your rate of return shouldn't be based solely on how much you plan on taking out from your accounts. But investing in a portfolio that is too aggressive for your investment profile could also be too risky. There's a fine balance there. So mm. If you have a real high risk tolerance and you can't sleep at night because your portfolio is in the markets, but you uh, need to get a higher return, there's a little bit of a rub there, right? So we've got to be able to find that comfort zone for you, that happy medium where we're allocating your portfolio properly to get the right amount of return to to cover your expenses. So that's the number one thing that I see out of whack with people when I sit down. First and foremost, that's the key problem. And we've, you know. yeah, we've got a couple sitting right here in front of me. And this couple, of course, Eric Arnett, lead advisor, retirement planner with Take Point Wealth Management, and his wife, Erica, in the studio with us as a special guest this week. So we got a little surprise for you if you just tuned in. Erica's going to chime in here in just a bit. She's a personal health coach, by the way, and part of that Take Point Wealth Management team. Randy Woodruff, certified public accountant. Erica, real quick, let me ask you a question. Were you uh, financially, fiscally responsible before you met Eric? Yes. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I, um, I would like to say that I 
am to my best. I'm good at using my money wisely. Okay. Yes, but I have learned a lot from him, more were, so. Were you brought up that way? Were you yes. taught that by your parents? Yes, or, okay. I was taught that by my parents. My okay. parents were the type of people that it's not what you make, it's how you spend it uh-huh. and how you save it. Very good. And we lived off a modest, mo- very modest lifestyle, uh-huh. and my parents built themselves a very nice little retirement for themselves. So... Again, it's how you utilize and not to rack up a lot of debt. Mm-hmm. And don't buy what you can't afford, what you don't have money for. So I learned lessons early on in life, and I learned from my parents, and I learned from Eric. So I really feel like cohesive. Or him and I work as a team. We're open. Mm-hmm. I, I I talk openly to him about wanting to have money put away, and I, I feel like we really make a good team in the financial department as far as – and that's you know, so husband important and wife. as a couple. Yeah. You I got, think so too. I think peace. those things, yeah, yeah, those things need to be spoken about. Well, Again, that's stress, stress-free. Yep. We're leading to yep. the whole stress-free retirement thing here. I think the key word that comes to mind for me, I was reading a Facebook post, uh, one of my high school buddies um, lives up in Indiana and he's just built. I mean, he's buff. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy's in the gym like two, three hours a day. And his key word is, I don't like going to the gym. You know, I don't like doing this kind of stuff, but it's discipline. So discipline, it's discipline. Like if you get a little more, just even a tiny little bit more discipline in your life, it doesn't have to be a bad word. It can actually bring harmony and peace in your relationship. Discipline to make some healthier lifestyle choices, right? Discipline to put that budget together and kind of stick to it and have open communication with your spouse. It's just about a little bit of discipline, you know, implementing a little bit more discipline into your stress relief comes from discipline because you're not stressing about, I I know I need to eat. Most people know they need to eat healthy and exercise, but they don't. So then there's guilt. So you're not stressing about that if you're doing it. And if you're having these open conversations about finances, you're not stressing about that because if you're having conversation about it, you should be having a conversation that is working towards implementing plans and goals. You know, coming to see somebody like like yourself, yeah. and helping them put that together. And I think Eric, with your uh, background in military as a veteran, you learned a lot of that through the military experience as well. So, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean that that was um, beaten into you yeah. back in those yeah. days. Well, Eric I mean is, that was you it's know, important. He's a, a choice. leader. Yeah. He's a natural yeah. leader yep. from the military. Is one of his qualities I absolutely adore. Yep. Well, that was the um, that was the whole story behind take point mm-hmm. uh, i wanted to rebrand my firm um and i wanted to honor the military in some way and uh i don't know i, I wrestled with a bunch of different names and and, then it hit and, and just hit me you know and in, in different what was it i was actually hanging out with my combat veteran buddies that we get together with every uh once a year and uh it was I looked at these guys around me. They're all just natural. I mean, just great leaders, you know, and every single one of them, they would be willing to jump up and take point and take the lead. And we talk about our retirement warriors out there. So one of you out there listening right now has to be that retirement warrior for your family, for your, for your plan, for your spouse or your couple, jump up and, and, and take charge and take point, give us a call. And we'll take point and help lead you to and through retirement, a healthy retirement, a happy retirement, Absolutely. a stress-free retirement. It's all about lowering those that stress because she talks about it all the time. The foods you eat and not have enough exercise, I mean, it, it really causes stress and that feeling of anxiety and stress, that's no fun. No, you nobody know? wants that. No. So it's all around. 
It makes you even sicker. All around health. Yeah. Absolutely. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, in the military, they're fighting for our country. And in your family, you're fighting for your future and that financial future. Let Take Point Wealth Management take point on that, give you that stress free retirement that you deserve. This program called Take Point on Retirement every Saturday at this time, one hour full of the information and education you need to get through to your retirement and beyond. With Eric Arnett, lead advisor, the phone number, by the way, 352-616-0511. Take advantage of everything that they have to offer. Yeah, including your health and Erica Arnett, a personal health coach available for you as part of that team, part of that family. Join them, 352-616-0511. Have you always wondered how ultra-wealthy people invest? Eric Arnett, CEO with TakePoint Wealth Management on the Nature Coast, is offering a no-cost financial consultation to help you better protect and grow your hard-earned wealth. The $1,500 value that Eric and his team are giving the 99.9FM listeners absolutely free. Learn how to build a fee-efficient, market-efficient, tax-efficient portfolio. Visit TakePoint Wealth to set up your free financial consultation. TakePointWealth.com. TakePoint Wealth Management is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors Incorporated, an SEC-registered advisor. TakePoint Wealth does not provide accounting, tax, or legal advice. Investors should be aware that a determination of the tax consequences to them should take into account their specific circumstances and that the tax law is subject to change in the future or retroactively. Investors are strongly urged to consult with their own tax advisor regarding any potential strategy, investment, or transaction.